welcome to service today. We're so glad to have you joining us from wherever you are, your living room, your kitchen, your dining room. Um, We're just so thankful to have you with us today. So um, this week, I feel like I've just, I've really been, I've missed all of you. I've been missing our, our gatherings, our connections. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling like me, and I, I hope you are, I hope you're missing us as much as we're missing you. I just want to encourage you that Sunday maybe is a great time if you're comfortable to um, invite someone to watch church with you. Um, I know we can gather in kind of small groups right now. So as you feel comfortable, I would just encourage you the time that I have spent gathering with people in person physically, it just can't compare to any Zoom meeting, any phone call, any text. So I would encourage you as you are um, looking to continue and start building that fellowship back up again, that you look for some people that um, would want to watch with you and gather together. Also, I wanted to remind you that as we're live here on Facebook right now, that means that the chat feature is live as well. So I love typing back and forth with you, talking and checking in with you, but this is also a great place for you to check in with each other. So feel free, you um, can fill up that chat, say hi to anybody you see that pops on there. And also, if you have a prayer request that you'd like to share this morning, um, please feel that that is a great place for you to share that as well. We want to be praying for you. We want to know what's going on in your lives this week. So before Amy and the worship team come up, let's go ahead and open our service in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for today, Lord, for this opportunity to gather virtually, to gather across the spaces, Lord, but to still gather with one purpose in mind, Lord, and that is to bring glory to you. Lord, we we choose right now, regardless of, of how this week went, Lord, we choose right now to root our joy in you, to root our hope in you, and to worship you in this time. Lord, we thank you for the ways that you are are teaching us new things in this time. Lord, we thank you for the friendships and the connections that you are using to uh, to help us get through this time. Lord, for the next rest of our service, Lord, we just offer it to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. We will reign forever. Our strong
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
especially during this time. Um, as we move on to the last song, um, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a song that I don't always love to sing because I feel like when we really think of the technical words of it, the Holy Spirit does not really need an invitation to be here. He's already here in our midst, not just here among the six of us that are in this sanctuary, but he is with you in your home or in your car, or wherever you're watching this, the Holy Spirit is with you. His presence is all around you. And so I guess as we sing this song, um, I really wish, I really wish that I was looking out at a congregation full of the faces that I love. I wish that from the bottom of my heart. But that's not the case right now. And so as I close my eyes and I sing this prayer, I, I'm picturing you in your homes. And I'm, I'm, clinging to the truth that the Holy Spirit is with us, binding us together in unity, even when we're apart. Um, so I just pray that this will be an invitation for us to turn our hearts and our minds towards the things that the Holy Spirit desires for us. Comes free. 
say a special prayer right now um, for those celebrating a different kind of Mother's Day today. For those who are sorrowing, raw, and tender this week, we pray. For those who've suffered the loss of their mothers through death, Lord, please bring them your comfort. For those estranged from their mothers through family division, mental illness, or strife, Lord, please salve their wounds and bring your healing. For those who are losing their mothers by degrees through disease, Lord, please measure extra grace to parent and child alike as the roles reverse. For those who never knew their mothers, Lord, please reveal yourself to them at every point of abandonment, longing, and need as El Shaddai. For those who have lost a child, Lord, please have mercy on them as they daily bear this searing pain. For those who are riding the roller coaster of infertility, Lord, please revive their hope and bless them with new life. For those who ache to become mothers but find themselves without a mate again this year, Lord, please draw them near to them and help them draw near to you as they wait and hope. For those whose children have chosen a prodigal path, Lord, please grace these parents to wait together with you for their children's return home. For those whose children are living, working, and serving in distant lands, Lord, please keep them safe and keep our hearts at peace. For those who have a full and happy family life, Lord, thank you for this witness and give them an extra chair at their table waiting for the lonely to fill. For those who, in their pain, have felt abandoned and undefended by you, Lord, please comfort them and let them recognize that you are near at all times. In the name of the Father of the fatherless, the bridegroom of the widow, and the companion of the lonely, this we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It is, uh, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. As Amy sang about uh, our, last, our last song and, and Paul's going to preach to us about, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit who is our helper. And uh, our, I wonder if, if you are one of those types of person who just likes to do things on their own or do you like to, do you like to ask for help? Um, it totally, for me, it just depends on, the, on, the, on what it is. So a couple weeks ago, I got a new camera, right? Uh, I've only used my phone for a camera before, maybe a simple little point-and-shoot camera, but I decided to go big and get a, a good camera, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come a little bit closer here because uh, I don't know if you can see this, but there are lots of buttons and dials that, to be honest, I have no idea what these things do, and so for me, for this camera, now I could... I could play with it, right? I could push buttons, I could turn dials, and I could I could try things, and I could get some pictures. Uh, there there would be some pictures that are taken, but I wouldn't be using it to its fullest potential if I didn't ask someone for help. So I decided to sign up for an online photography course just so I could know what these buttons do because I needed help. I have no idea how to use this thing on my own. Um, we have a God who has given us a helper who has given us someone who, who walks alongside us and helps us. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, when Jesus was walking the earth uh, and he was getting ready to leave his disciples, he said and he promised that he was going to leave them with something greater than himself. Now, I'm like, I would like Jesus to be here 
alongside me, walking beside me, but he promised the Holy Spirit, someone who would come along and help us uh, as, we, as we journey through life. And so uh, I, I, here's my encouragement for you, kids, teens, adults, everyone, um, we're, in, we're in a time where, where we don't know what's going on and, and, and things are uh, frustrating and, and, and different. Um, when was the last time that you asked for help? When was the last time that you asked God for help? That you asked God that the Holy Spirit would be near you and you would recognize the Holy Spirit and you would accept that help from him. Now I want to take that challenge just a little bit further because I believe that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us is through other people. So kids, teens, man, I think that the Holy Spirit uses your parents as a way to help you. When was the last time that you asked your parents for help? Maybe, the, maybe even in this situation, you are going through a difficult time and you're struggling or school is not going the way you want it to because it doesn't look anything like we wanted school to look like. Can I encourage you? Reach out for help. Ask for help. I, like I said, I think the Holy Spirit uses other people to help us. Ask your mom or your dad for help. Ask one of us as pastoral staff for help. We want to help, and I think that the Holy Spirit wants to use us as the body of Christ to help each other. So I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. And Pastor Paul is going to come and talk a little bit more about that gift for us. Thank you, Pastor Josh. What a beautiful poem or prayer, Amy. Uh, that was that moved me as we... Uh, as we, was that real squeaky? Okay, sorry, I won't do that anymore. Uh, you know, it is Mother's Day, and, and we do want to wish our mothers a uh, happy Mother's Day. And, and just especially for this year, I made cookies for every mother that was in attendance in this service. But since you're not here, I, I guess I'll just have to, 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 to eat them all myself. Uh, well, we're, we're talking about routines. And we, we talked about this a little bit last week, the, the routines of life and how they have been shifted as a, a result of, uh, of what's going on with COVID-19. And, you know, I know in my life, I, I'm still trying to figure out my routines, uh, what, what I'm going to do, uh, how I go through life. Uh, crazy as it sounds, and in, in being at home, I've, I've lost the routine of exercise that, that I tend to sit around a lot more than, than I typically do. And so now I'm having to reintroduce exercise because I tend to, to get up in the morning and just sit down and start working. And, and so routines, you know, they're important. You know, r routines can become ruts and they become the habits of life. And it's important that we examine them. It's important that we determine what's important. And in this time, this is a time of determining what is important. I'm really appreciative as I walk through my neighborhoods. I'm seeing families gathering together, and I, and I think people are rediscovering uh, the power and the significance of relationship in the midst of this. And, and we, we need to determine what, after this is all said and done, what needs to continue, what needs to restart, and, and, and what, what should our life look like. This, this is in a lot of ways, is a good time because we can evaluate these things. And even in the church, it gives us an opportunity to, to evaluate what is church, what are the essentials of church, what, what has to happen for a church to be effective, for a church to be following the, the mandate of, of Jesus, what, what has to happen. And, I, and we've said this over and over, I've said this over and over, and, and you've lived this, church is not a building or a time, but a people pursuing the mission of God. 
And, and so even though we're not gathering in this place at the same time, in this room together, we are still together. We're still pursuing God's mission. God is still blessing his church. There's good things happening through you and in you, and I really appreciate this. It's fitting this month that the series is called Go, a perfect series for this time because we can determine what Go means for us, what's essential for us to fulfill the Great Commission. Last week we looked at the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so in the Great Commission, we see this primary charge to the church. And the primary mission of the church is to invite, include, and train. That is the purpose of the church, that we are to invite, include, and train. And in this training, we're training people to to live in the image of Jesus Christ, to follow Jesus. And as we invite, we include, and we train, we go out into the world, and the world encounters Jesus Christ through his church. Now, the better translation of this go is not go, but in our going. And so last week we talked about this just a little bit. It's not about a program. It's not a call for a select few. But mission is for everyone, and mission is a way of life. Now, in these times, we've been forced to rely less on our gatherings. Um, We love our gatherings. And, and, and never mishear this pastor to be saying, oh, let's not do gatherings. We long for the day when we're not talking to stupid cameras, but we're talking to people again. Where, where, where your faces are in this room with us. We, we enjoy being together as a staff and, and, and doing this live stream, but we miss seeing you in person. We're thankful that you're here and you join on on Facebook and and we see your comments. It's encouraging to us to know that we're just not talking to the air, but we're talking to our people. But we miss our gatherings, but the gatherings are not the point. The effectiveness of the mission grows exponentially when we see our goings as important as our gatherings. What does that mean? I gave three real quick thoughts last week, and I think these are important enough to, to, to say again, to state again, as we move through the significance of the Holy Spirit. God wants our homes to be places of effective discipleship. In other words, simply because we're not having children's church or youth group or Sunday school classes for our kids, discipleship does not stop. We, we, we want you to have be resourced. We want you to be trained. We want to partner with you. Josh and Mara want to partner with you in the discipleship of your kids. God wants us to do life with others in a way that leads to our and others' transformations. Now, now it's more difficult when we don't have this third space, this place where people can gather. But you still have the capability of sending emails, <laughs> of sending text, and in in desperate times, you can even make a telephone call. We can still connect with one another. And and so I'm encouraging you as a people to continue to connect, continue to reach out. We can't be here, but we can be together. God wants us, and this is the third thing, God wants us to be his representative wherever we find ourselves. 
And I asked the question, what would happen if Jesus lived on your street? What if Jesus worked in your office? What if Jesus worked at your factory? What if Jesus went to your school? And, and the truth is, if his spirit lives in you, he does. And that is the significance of today's passage. When we begin to think about Pentecost, and, 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 and we're, we're not Pentecost Sunday. We've been following this chronologically. Pentecost Sunday is near the end of the month, but, but we've been following this chron- chronologically uh, with our kids, and, and so we've went through the crucifixion and the resurrection. Uh, we, we've, we went through Ascension Sunday, and now we're talking about Pentecost Sunday. And you find this in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each, each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Well, what this means is the Great Commission is being fulfilled one week later after the ascension of Jesus. Jesus is already beginning to fulfill his command to his disciples and that they're reaching all parts of the world already. It's, it's interesting in this passage it says, now there were staying God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Um, sincere God-seekers. Staying in Jerusalem. And actually the word that's used here is living in Jerusalem. I don't know, for, for some reason in my mind, I, I always thought of these people as, as festival goers. That they were here for the celebration. That, that they had come for Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, and they were in Jerusalem for a short time. But, but that's not what this passage is saying. That these are people from all over the world that have moved their families and their lives to Jerusalem. That they're from every nation and and they've become converts to Judaism, seeking God. These people have given everything away in order to seek God in Jerusalem. And so we see that the Great Commission begins with those who are seeking Sincerely seeking God. I think sometimes we get this all bent out of shape and and we think, oh, if I'm to fulfill the Great Commission, I have to reach the unreachable. And I believe God is calling us just to take, make the most of the opportunities that He's giving us and reach those who are seeking Him. Not that we don't try to reach those that aren't seeking. 
but I believe the harvest field is truly ripe for harvest. And there's people all around us, if they really saw Jesus, they would respond. Each one heard their own language being spoken. This is an unnecessary communication miracle. God didn't need to do this. There was no reason for them to hear the gospel message in their own language. They had moved to Jerusalem, and there's no question that they could have, would have understood Aramaic. If the disciples would have came out of the upper room just speaking the language of the day, people would have understood. So why does God do this? I believe he does this because the Great Commission meets people where they are. That God comes to their place, to where they work, to where they live, to the way they speak, to the way they think. God comes to people right where they are. We fulfill the Great Commission when in our goings we make the most of our God opportunities. That when God gives us opportunities, we just make the most of it. Now, of course, Pentecost is the giving of the Holy Spirit originally Pentecost celebrated the giving of the law at Mount Sinai to Moses. And so God, through Moses, gives the people of Israel the law so that they can be his people and in their goings live like God wants them to live. And now God is giving his spirit so that we, his people, in our goings can live like he wants us to live. And what we see with the giving of the Holy Spirit is this. If we want to make the most of God opportunities, if we want God to redeem our goings, we need to be changed from the inside out. Our priorities need to be the same as God's priorities. We need to see people like God sees people. It's not an accident that the Spirit is given on Pentecost. It's a recognition that religion alone could not change us. We need God's Spirit inside us to be changed. In Exodus 34, there's this interesting story of Moses. And, and, and every time Moses would go in to see God, his face would glow. And it would freak the people out just a little bit. And Moses would come out and his face would be glowing and it would freak him out a little bit. And so his brother Aaron said, hey, why don't you start wearing a veil? Don't try that with me. I'm not going to start wearing a veil, okay? But 34, chapter 34, verse 35 says this. So Moses would replace the veil over his face until he went in to speak with God. In other words, Moses would come out with the veil off, and they could see that he had been with God, but then they would put the veil over his face until he went to see God again. Now, now Paul explains this in 2 Corinthians like this. He says, We are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading. In other words, what Paul is saying is Moses was wearing the veil because when he went in to see God face to face, his face would glow. But, but as time would go, and, and the time between seeing God face to face would, would, would be further and further away, Moses' face would stop glowing. And Moses did not want the children of Israel to see that the, the glory was declining. 
that it was a fading glory. If we want to accomplish God's mission in our going, we need more than a fading glory. God wants a lingering glory on his people, his glory in my goings. I'm going to be honest enough to say at times in my spiritual journey, my spirituality, my connection with God was defined by my gatherings. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with gatherings. We, we, you know, I can't reiterate that enough. Gatherings are important, but that's not the end. That, that if my spirituality is defined and measured only by my gatherings, and there's nothing that happens in my goings, if my day-to-day -day life does not include God, and it's only a Sunday morning religion, then it's just that. You can have some emotional highs, a Sunday a.m. emotional high, and, and when we used to have church on Sunday evenings, a Sunday p.m. glow, and then a Wednesday glow, and those glows would get us through the week. We choose less. We, we choose something less than what God intended. We choose a counterfeit spirituality when we choose to rely simply on gatherings instead of His Spirit filling our goings. This morning I was listening to the radio and, and uh, the, the Simon and Garfunkel song, The Sound of Silence, came on, but it was by a cover band. And it was so bad that I had to go get a, a chord so I could play the original because the, the, the cover was awful. I don't want to be a cover of God. I, I want God to flow through me in such a manner, not that I'm God, but people really see the image of my Heavenly Father in me. So what's God want? On this Pentecost uh, it's not Pentecost Sunday, but as we're talking about Pentecost, what does God want? God wants our all. God wants our gatherings and our goings. God, God doesn't want just a few hours a week. He wants every hour. God doesn't want just a few dollars. God wants all that I have. God doesn't want a song here or there, but God wants the song of our life. I'm going to ask Amy and the team to come up. We're going to sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. God's call for us is to give him our all. And, and, and the truth of this is, when we give God our all, we get his all. It's not a fair exchange. Uh, what I get is far better than what I could ever give. And when I give my all to God, I get all of Him. So the question I have for you this morning is this. And this is response time. You, you know, you could have... I, I grew up in a family that believed in family altar of praying together. You can have altar time in your living room, in your kitchen, because God is not confined to a building, that God is where you are, and you can respond to him, and he can fill you, and he can be with you wherever you are. My question for you this morning is this.
What are you holding on to that is better than God's all? What, what, what possession? What plan? What, what grudge? What relationship? What, what area of your life are you holding on to that's better than God? As Amy sings this, the question I want you to ask is, Holy Spirit, are you really welcome in my life? Are you welcome not just in my gatherings, but my goings? Consider those parts of your life that you're holding on to that he's asking you to let go of. Can, can, I, can I give you this promise? Nothing you give to God, nothing you give back to him will be greater than what he gives to you. Our God is worth it all. Lord, thank you. We have sensed your presence in our gathering. It's different, but you're not. Your same sweet spirit is here, and you're with us all. 
I, I pray, Lord, that we'll experience your spirit, not just in our gatherings, but in our goings. As we live our day-to-day life, Lord, that um, you will fill it with purpose and value and mission, that we'll see the opportunities that you place before us, the opportunities with family and friends and neighbors, the opportunities at work. And Lord, in our goings, may your spirit be seen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God bless.